Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Crook. This is episode 212, and today we're going to talk about Dr. Joe Boot, Dr. Stephen Wolf, Puritanism, and modern Reconstructionists. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. I ask for a blessing upon this uh, this uh, episode this morning, and I pray it be helpful and encouraging and really just thought-provoking. I think there's some neat things here, and so help me to be able to bring those out in a way that's it's helpful and ultimately that honors you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before we get into the content, I want to remind you of the intensive May 11th through the 13th. Really hope you can make it. It's a phenomenal trip. You've been hearing me talk about it. This is the fifth annual intensive in Eminence, Missouri. There's a group of guys from all over the country that come together, and we, we, we're going to have an arm wrestling competition this year, which is going to be fun. But then we're going to have two days on the river, which is about 50 miles, 40 to 50 miles of floating. We're going to have some teaching sessions from Joshua Jenkins and the Hope Baptist crew. And overall, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's just a really good experience. Hopefully you can make it. Check out those links in the show notes. Like I said, there's two different price points, and whatever price point you come in on, whether you're sleeping in a tent and just need a tent camp, or whether you're sleeping in a cabin, all the costs are included. So the food is covered, everything is covered. All you got to pay for is gas to get there, and then everything else is covered for the for the whole trip. Please make it if you can, mark your calendars, and be there. Okay, this conversation, I hope, will be well, compelling, but I hope it will be very interesting as well from a historical perspective. And if there's any Puritan scholars out there, I really hope that you're able to reach out to me and we can maybe have a conversation. I thought about maybe having some of these guys or maybe both of these guys back on to have this discussion. Uh, I've not actually had Dr. Joe Boot on. I have had Stephen Wolf, but it would be neat to have both of these guys on here to talk and really just try to figure out where each is each other's coming from. And I'll explain here in just a minute. If you're not familiar with the, the terms here, Puritans were the English Puritans from the 1550s the 1650s, give or take a few years, uh, going into the you know the the late 1600s, but it was English yeah, Puritans wanting to purify the church and wanting to live a life uh, that encapsulates all of God's word and all of life. And so the the Puritans are you know for a lot of people really just a, a fresh a drink of fresh water. I mean I, I fell into reading some Puritans early on in my walk with the Lord, and then I read people who loved the Puritans like Martin Lloyd Jones and J I Packer and. I really just appreciated what I read. So I have Thomas Watson on my shelf. I have, uh, I have, uh, let's see here, Richard Sibbs on my shelf, Thomas Brooks. Um, I have Stephen Charnock, and I've got a 1699 version of Stephen Charnock over here. Um, let me think. Uh, Thomas Brooks, I think I just mentioned that. So I've got a good collection of Puritan authors. And then you can go through and just think about those that were Puritan-like in their theology as you go through. You think Jonathan Edwards, uh, really Spurgeon was somewhat puritanical in the way he would preach and the way he would write. And then you think about J.C. Ryle, who would be in the 19th century. And then men like Martin Lloyd-Jones, who are few and far between, but they're, they're Puritan-esque in their preaching, in their writing, in their thought about the life and, and world. And then these modern Reconstructionists, so the, the Puritans, and then these modern Reconstructionists. And this is the connection that Joe, Joe Boot makes, and I'm going to read that here in just a second explicitly so you can hear the, the connection that he makes. Uh, oh, Joe Boot argues that the new Puritans, are the, the, the those that are in the theological tradition of, of 
Puritanism are the Reconstructionists. And so when you think about the Reconstructionists, maybe that's a new term for you. In the last couple of years, there's been a resurgence in this idea of theonomy or this just a relook at some of these Reconstructionist authors. And so the the connection, the theological line here, you could go back to Kuiper, Abraham Kuiper, uh, from the late 1800s and his sermons, lectures in Calvinism, that he unfolded sphere sovereignty, or this idea of, of the different governing authorities that God has established in their relegated and uh, delegated authority that God has given them and how that functions in all of life. And he was a statesman and a scholar and a theologian and was just a really interesting fella. And then, fella, like, how am I, am I like 95? Um, then from there, there's a little bit of a year's gap here from Kuiper to Van Til. But Cornelius Van Til was a theologian that was very helpful in a lot of different ways and can be very confusing in a lot of different ways as well. But if you've heard of presuppositional apologetics, a lot of that whole stream of apologetic work streams back to Cornelius Van Til. And then he's kind of in the same trajectory or line of trying to take all of God's word and, and, and connect it and push it into all of the world, into all of life, even to the civic arena. If you go from Van Til, Van Til had a lot of students. There were a lot of people that tried to distill his thoughts. And so think through Francis Schaeffer, uh, even John Frame to an extent. I don't think he was a direct uh, student of his. Uh, uh, Greg Bonson, R.J. Rushdooney. And then you go down even to Gary North, even Gary DeMar in American Vision to some extent. And these guys were, were called the Reconstructionists. They were wanting to reconstruct how we viewed the world and America based on biblical principles and biblical law. They wanted to press biblical law back into the front and center and take biblical law and apply that across the board. And they were wanting to say that God's law is authoritative and there is a broader use to the third use of the law, not just for the Christian life, but then also in the civic arena. This, this moral law of God is broader than the Ten Commandments and it needs to be pushed and applied everywhere we can push it and everywhere we can apply it. And so Joe Boot comes along, and what he sees is this connection. And, and if you've not read The Mission of God by Joe Boot, it's a girthy book, but it's a phenomenal work. I, I cannot recommend this highly enough. He comes along, and he makes this connection. And what he says is basically these modern theonomists, they are Puritans. That's, that's just new Puritanism. That's all it is. And he thinks there's this big disconnect then from leaving the, the Puritan era in, in this new modern, uh, you know, there's always been Reformation thought and theology down from the Puritans and from the Reformation forward. And there's always been pockets of it and Presbyterianism has continued to grow. And, and yet over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, there's been this massive recovery of Calvinistic soteriology, but then broader than that, there's been a running back to historic reform confessions and, and all of that. And you guys have seen that, know that, know about it. But even with the banner of truth, what Martin Lloyd-Jones did with Ian Murray and the recovery of a lot of the old Puritan authors, there still has been some sort, some sort of disconnect where people have either disagreed with Joe Boot or Joe Boot is wrong. They've not seen these modern writers, there's modern Reconstructionists, as direct descendants of Puritan thought. So theonomy has been this marginalized idea that has been put to the side, and even by many Reformed scholars in in the in scholastics, that they have just said we're distinguishing ourselves from theonomy. In fact, it's heretical. It's not a historic Reformed position. And Dr. Stephen Wolf also says that theonomy was not a classic Reformed tradition. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's, it's it's something else. It's something new, and it's not pulling from the old paths. And so there is this 
kind of controversy or disagreement here, and I'm just going to read this explicitly and then ask you to think about this as I'm kind of working through this. I don't have all the answers to this. Certainly don't have all the answers to this, but I'm, I'm thinking through this, trying to figure this out. And like I said, would even love to have these two guys on here to talk through what I'm about to read. So here's what Dr. Joe Boot read or said. Let me just read it. We can see then that the Calvinistic and Puritan perspective has a long and influential history in North America, England, and Scotland. Those who, in the present time, argue for a return to these theological convictions among God's people are obviously far from novel. It's not anarchist to refer um, arcanistic to, to refer to the Puritan vision as not only covenantal and Calvinistic, but also broadly theonomic. Reform thinkers during the past 50 years or so who have been advocates of the Puritan theological and socio-cultural vision of God's reign have sometimes been dubbed theonomists or reconstructionists. So Joe Boot is making a direct connection then to the Reconstructionists and the Puritan theological, socioeconomic, the, the cultural law, civic connection here. He, this vision of God's law in the public square, he makes a direct connection. So the theonomists are the direct, theolo- they're in the theolo- theological lineage of the Puritans. So t- these terms are now used largely as a pejorative. That's what he says. So John Frame explains its reformed genetics for the uh, un- uninitiated. And he goes on to talk about the theonomist. And um, then it continues. Here's what he said. There can be no question that the Puritans in both England and New England were reform, reform thinkers with a strong theonomic emphasis, that is, an emphasis on the authority and application of God's law in all scripture to all of life. So that's his definition of what he's talking about when, when he's talking theonomy. This is, again, Dr. Joe Boot. So he says... The strong theonomic emphasis that these Reformed thinkers, Puritans included, is an emphasis on the authority and application of God's law in all of Scripture to all of life. And so, along with Calvin's Geneva and Knox's Scotland, their their era of greatness serves as an excellent illustration of Reformed thought applied to the covenantal concept of kingdom, of the kingdom reign of God. So Joe Boot, through this book, continues to make this connection, and he just says these Reconstructionists, these theonomists that have been marginalized in in current theological circles over the last 50 years, he thinks they are just simply Puritans. This is what they are. They're Puritans and trying to do the, do the hard work of pushing the authority of God's Word into every sphere of life. So that's his thought. Now, enter Dr. Stephen Wolfe. I asked Dr. Wolfe this on my podcast and we had a small conversation about this, and this is just a small portion of the book, The Case for Christian Nationalism. Another really good book, but I prefer Bo- uh, Dr. Joe Boot's work, um, if we're just saying which one do you like better. This one, I come to different uh, conclusions, or very similar conclusions that he comes to, but with a, a diff- different path to get there. Okay, Here's what he talks about and says about modern theonomy. And you read this and you think, okay, either one, they're either misunderstanding each other or one's correct and one is incorrect in their assessment of connecting this theological line here from the Puritans to the Theonomist or the Reconstructionist, which I'm using interchangeably here. The previous section, though theonomic in my view, opposes versions of modern theonomy. Instead of belaboring my critique, it will be helpful for us to briefly discuss the sociological origins of modern theonomy. Modern theonomist movements arose in the late 20th century, a time of great conflict between competing universal visions, between liberalism and communism. At the same time, the West underwent rapid changes that eroded the social fabrics 
forces of institutions and mainly uh, and maintained a seemingly Christian morality or at least a Christian self-conception. Modern theonomy provided both a universal alternative to the prevailing vision and, pro- uh, and promised to reverse moral decay. It had an easily identifiable and communicable pro- a pol- political program based on biblical law. One can understand why American Christians, bewildered at the pace of change and befuddled as to what to do about it, would find this appealing. It's a simple way to be on God's side. I say it's not to dismiss theonomy, though I do disagree with it. The theonomist had the right spirit. They knew the civil order, liberty, and justice required bold action, confidence in the truth, and resolve to succeed. Succeed. <clears throat> they saw what was coming, and they were largely correct about many of their critiques. That their critics, wittingly or not, were dis- were designing political ideologies of defeat and surrender. The modern two-kingdom theology, advanced by Michael Horton, and a long critic of theonomy, sets forth an endless series of compromises and defeats. In its time, it is time to recognize that the theonomists were right about the direction of reform political theory as it manifested in the late 20th century and up to today. So this is, you know, so far pretty positive. But here's what he says. To pull towards quasi-anabaptist political ideology which pacifies, which requires a pacifist spirit, is thriving today, even among Reformed and Lutheran, Lutheran context. That is once cool. That it was once cool to be anti-theonomist was a mistake. But here's where he says he disagrees. My disagreements with theonomist is different from that of their typical critics. Christian nationalism and its coherent alternative to modern theonomy that archives the same or at least similar ends, though to my mind, Christian nationalism as I presented it flows directly out of classical. Protestantism, and modern theonomy does not. Interesting. So he says that modern theonomy, and I ask this, and he says again explicitly in my show that I had had him on, he says that it does not flow out of classic Protestantism. Now, I think it would be hard-pressed to say that Puritans are not in the classical Protestant tradition. They are kind of the epitome of classic Protestantism. After you get out of Luther and Calvin, and you start talking about even Scotland with John Knox, just the, the Protestant era, you, you connect directly to, I mean, they were thir- thoroughly Protestant. I mean, I mean, the Puritans were that. And so he says that modern theonomy did not come from that. So he doesn't make the connection. He thinks that this thing is more novel than what Joe Boot thinks, which is basically just a re, you know, uh, pulling up the rock of Puritanism and discovering what banner of truth seems to have either ignored <laughs> Sorry, I just dropped the book and that probably was odd. Seems to either ignored or marginalized, not recognizing what is there in what they're republishing in their collected works. And so I think there is an interesting discussion to be had, dissertations to be written. If you're out there listening and you're a seminary student and you're looking for a dissertation, this there's dissertation material right here to discover. This whole thing to me goes back to what 2 Timothy chapter 3 brings us to, which is the sufficiency of Scripture. Let me just read it. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped for every complete, equipped for every good work. When we talk about the sufficiency of scripture, is that only for the individual Christian? Clearly, it's here for the Christian to equip him for every good work. Or is it pushed further than that into all of life? And was Kuiper right? Was Van Til right? Were these modern reconstructionists right? That we've got to take more attention to God's law out there, and when they looked at where we're going in the future, and this is what Stephen Wolf said, is that these, these theonomists, they at least understood the consequences of ideas. They understood the social framework and the breakdown of our society and where we were going to be in 2023. They saw it. They called it out. 
They saw what happens when secularism and pluralism becomes the major dogma of a nation. And they saw the social rot that comes from that. They were right. So does that mean also that Joe Boot is right in connecting them and saying these are just the modern Puritans, that they're right in their understanding of God's law or their theonomy? If you're out there and you're a scholar, I would love to hear from you. If you're a Puritan historian, I would love to hear from you and have a great conversation with you about this. I think it's just food for thought. And for those that have been thinking through theonomy, I I really do. I think Dr. Joe Boot is more right in this. And I think uh, the hard work of trying to understand how God's word is authoritative everywhere has been really done well by the Puritans, but then also by these modern Reconstructionists. And I think we need more people who, if they're going to error, they're going to error on valuing God's law, not to be, not to save, not, not to justify. And there's the, you know, both the Puritans and to, to the modern Reconstructionists, they were not saying that the law justifies. There's justification by grace through faith in Christ alone. And they agreed with that. But I think there's just a lot of work to do. And many of us have seen over the last few years the consequence of ignoring or adopting what Stephen Wolf talks about in this Anabaptist approach to all of life. And just basically saying, we'll give you guys everything that happens in the in the world here. And we're going to go off and just live our life in our Christian circles and bubbles and not say anything to you or not engage with you at all. And I think there's serious consequences when we do that. Okay, guys, this has been more of a theological conversation and just kind of a uh, uh, just a show to get you thinking, and I hope it's done just that. Please consider liking, sharing, leaving a rating review on iTunes, subscribing if not if you've not done that yet on Gab, and just spread the word. I need your help to do that, and I love doing this. I love that you guys listen, and I hope it's been helpful, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.